You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Whipped up a batch of chili. Fritzy was supposed to do the honors. He's at home zooming in, and he's back with us. Had some internet problems, but uh, Fritzy is back with us. And Fritzy did have a limerick about zooming in today. Would you like to do the honors, Todd? I would love to do that. Okay. How about your limerick? I take pride in doing my best to contribute with enthusiasm and zest. But now I'm stuck here at home where it's not safe to roam. You see, my son had a positive test. All right. Well, we're glad you're with us, though. We did want to play a game. Pants, no pants, or sweatpants. <laughs> Do we have music for this game with Todd Fritz? It's pants, a great day. No pants or sweatpants. Paulie? Yeah, Dan. So, if you, for the people on radio, Todd is wearing a uh, Brooklyn Nets shirt that I'm sure he got for free. And we have not I seen him. We have not seen him <laughs> full body. So, I the game is. Thank you, Todd. Uh, the game is pants, jeans, or like hiking pants. Sweatpants, which is Todd's uniform usually at home, or no pants. All right, seat no Connor. Just to clarify, do shorts count as no pants, or is Todd just naked as no pants? <laughs> or do we add shorts in as an option? Shorts can be the fourth option. Great call by you. Okay. okay. All right. Now, Dan, uh-huh. where are you going? I'm going to go last. I'm going to go sweatpants. I'm going to go sweatpants as well. Seat no Connor. Well, I think I want to go shorts. I'm going to go shorts. I think Todd's wearing some type of, like, uh, gym shorts. All right. And here we go. Todd Fritz, if you would stand up to show us what you're wearing today. It's pants. Commando commando with sweatpants. Okay. (laughs) Those are sweatpants? Yeah. Yeah, those are sweatpants. He's got the Bill Belichick two-thirds capri sweatpants on. That show they're kind off. of knickers because they're old and they, you know, I gained, a, I grew a few inches since I went the time that I bought these. I've had these so long that they don't even go down past really the calf. Can we lower his microphone a little bit? The volume is a little, little hot. There. I think that's my fault. I might have stepped into the microphone. Yeah, you were told not to this morning. I know, but I was playing around with my pants and I kind of leaned forward while I was adjusting myself. I like that Todd had to tell us that he was commando. Like, nobody asked if you were wearing underwear or not. That's just true. If you were wearing a little too much information. Right. But I just put the sweats right on. Right. It's very comfortable. Well, it's glad we're glad to have you back, Todd, for the final I'm glad to be back. All right. Jay Glazer will join us coming up here in a little bit. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. You know, uh, prior to this show, we uh, were talking about Tom Brady has a new clothing line that's uh, coming out now it's not very dramatic uh doesn't look like a lot of thought went into it although tom said it was he's been working on this for three years his clothing line and uh it's athletic gear but i think the untapped market right now and i see a, a a big opportunity here is bill belichick i think bill belichick with cutoff hoodies uh Cut off, you know, sweatpants, ripped up hood. You know, we're looking for the distressed look. Like, Bill always looks like he's distressed when he goes into those press conferences. <laughs> so it's the Bill Belichick distressed look. And I think it would sell out, it's certainly in New England. And, and they would be good prices as well. You know, they, that would counter what Tom's, you know, Tom's charging you $95 for a, a sweatshirt. 
you know, Belichick's going to charge you $30. I think Belichick, with his line of clothing, I think it would be uh, it'd be a big deal. It would be yeah. so cool if he released it the next day. Like, he knew Tom's was coming, <laughs> and he had this whole sweatshirt thing. Yeah, I don't together. think he has any idea. <laughs> any idea here. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the defending champs, but uh, that road to a title defense has been a tough one. They lost Chris Godwin, that torn ACL secondary has really never been on the same page. Revolving door of a lot of players. Uh, Leonard Fournette is set to return. Star linebacker Levante David set to rejoin the team. And that will no doubt improve the Bucks' chances of defending their title here. But Tom Brady, probably fired up as ever. He's going to use it as motivation. He's not going to win the MVP. He got the Eagles coming to down, uh, town. It's expected to rain. Uh Brady doesn't need more motivation, but we've seen this with great players where you go, let me create something. Michael Jordan famously would create these uh, imaginary obstacles there. You know, speaking of the NBA, I I brought up uh, this earlier in the show, and it surprised a lot of people because there is a loophole for Kyrie Irving to be able to play home games this year. Because if you look at uh, New York City and uh, the executive order If uh, you violate that, the first offense, this is for any citizen. You get a warning. Second offense is a $1,000 fine. Third offense, a $2,000 fine. Fourth offense, $5,000 fine. The fifth offense, and for every offense after that, is $5,000. Well, if you do the math, if I have him playing, so the Nets have 20 home games left in the regular season, and then... A, a maximum of 16 more home games in the playoffs. Let's say he gets fined for every one of those games, and most of those will be $5,000. That totals $173,000 in fines. That's the most that the team would uh, have to eat if Kyrie played in every single home game. I don't know how long they've known about this, but uh, this was in the New York Daily News. And if unless you're flaunting this and the NBA would have a problem with this, with the optics, um, you're already paying him. So why not just pay $5,000 more and you, you actually get him to play a game for you? But I wonder about the PR hit that you would take if he's flaunting this where he's out on the court. But... If I'm the Nets, I certainly explore this. The other thing I found really interesting, Dwayne Wade was on the uh, Armchair Expert podcast with Dak Shepard, and he had something really interesting to say about Michael Jordan and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. These GOATs, these names that we throw out, it's not going to just be a a lot of those players, but the game continue to keep moving forward. And so we're going to continue to see things we've never seen before. And the eyes are going to get younger and younger. As I, <laughs> We're not going to be ones having a conversation about the GOATs. Now it's going to be the younger, younger, younger generation. And they're going to forget about Jordan like we forget about Kareem. Okay, I understand that you, know, you can put Kareem in there, but Kareem was not charismatic, didn't have his own clothing line. You know, they... Kareem, to me, is the most underrated player in the history of the game. But, you know, it's just they weren't doing documentaries about Kareem and, you know, post-career like they did with Michael Jordan. You know, they, they did a 10-part docu- series documentary on Mike. And this was how many years after he played a game. LeBron will, will not be forgotten 
there's players that will come, but Mike's different. You know, Mike will not will never be forgotten because it's it's really off the court as well. Um, now, what will happen is it's like John Madden. John Madden became this cultural icon and people f- didn't even know that he was a coach. So he had the best winning percentage, I think, for any head coach and retired at 42. Well, those who knew him of him, they knew him as a broadcaster and the Madden game. And, and that will keep you, in, you know, we'll never forget about you. That goes into perpetuity. But, you know, it might be where people go, oh, Michael Jordan, all oh, the Air Jordan. Uh, yeah. What kind of player was he? Now, maybe that's 20 years down the road. But Kareem, Kareem just played basketball. You know, he did change his name, and that was a big deal back in the early 70s. Uh, but, you know, Michael's different as far as the GOAT. I, do, I don't think that ever leaves. Yes, he. That's why, yeah, the branding part of Michael Jordan is, is truly unique because I don't know that there's going to be another athlete that does what he's able to do. Like, Messi right now is wearing the Jordan logo on the PSG shirt. Yeah. You know, and I don't know how many athletes moving forward will be able to, to duplicate that or even come close to it. Well, Jordan's like the first man on the moon. He's Neil Armstrong. And then every, everybody else is, oh, you're one of the other guys who... What, what are there, 13 men who have been on the moon? You know, LeBron's just another guy who walked on the moon. Mike was the first guy up there. And that's a small club, but, but that's what we're talking about here. We won't forget about Jordan. We will have to be reminded about Kareem. That is true. But, Mike, that's just too much branding there. Too powerful. Yeah, Paul. And guys like Bird and Magic are intertwined. There's documentaries about the Lakers and the Celtics. They're, they got the college hook. They'll always be talked about. It's like Babe Ruth. There's baseball players like Stan Musial was great. You look at the numbers. He's one of the top 10 players easily all time. He doesn't have a hook. Like Babe Ruth is going to be famous 50 years from now. His name will be brought up. Joe DiMaggio probably will have his name brought up here and there. Mickey Mantle. There's certain guys like, like Muhammad Ali. There's other guys who have more heavyweight victories in him by far but his impact off the court off the field whatever you call it outside the ring that's what separates you to icon yeah and and i think there's certain players who are you know they supersede the sport that they're in you know them and and you might know them for a couple of different reasons you know tiger woods you know somebody's going to come along are they going to have more career wins maybe um you know jack is always going to have more majors but but tiger seems bigger than jack and Jack was huge. You know, he, he had the golden bear. He, he had a great nickname. Uh, Tom Brady is getting there as well. But he's not necessarily the cultural icon that, you know, Tiger or, or Michael are and have been. Uh, he's just known as the GOAT with being the greatest football player. But, yeah, I think it has to do with what you do off the court or off the field, outside the boxing ring, off the golf course, those kind of things. But... That was Dwayne Wade's, you know, thought here, and uh, that we did forget about Kareem. We did. I don't. It's not possible to forget about Michael. They're still wearing his clothes. Players who are playing today wear his clothes, wear his shoes, and he's omnipresent. It feels like. Uh, let me see. Let me get a couple of phone calls in here. There are a lot of people who want to help Seaton plan his trip cross country, and um, Bob in North Carolina is one of them. Hey, Bob. Hello? Hey, Bob. Hello. You don't have me on yet. Yes, I Hello. do. Bob. Huh? 
It's okay. I didn't think I didn't hear that right before I get switched to the air. I am five eight seventy nine <laughs> kilograms. Uh, I got two places Eaton must stop for in Iowa. First of all, he since he's such an Iowa State fan, he needs to stop off at Jonesy's restaurant in Iowa City because Jonesy's has sent two players to Iowa State to play basketball and it's gonna go on it's gonna be three soon. If he wants to, I will send him Iowa State uh, swag so he can go in and style. And I believe the world's largest truck stop is just east of Iowa City, so he can stop there, take a selfie, and post it on the DP show. And uh, he can take a shower there and change into his Iowa State swag before he drives into Iowa City, which happens to have the other University of Iowa, not the University of Iowa, in their town and stop off at Jonesy's to eat. All right. Well, thank you, Bob. Sounds like Bob's on the road there. It's well thought out. Yes, yes, it is. You can take a shower there if you'd like. It's yes. something I hadn't thought of was showering. But. Yes, Paulie. Dan, uh, Jonesy's uh, North Dodge Street in Iowa City, home of the large tenderloin sandwich. Okay. That sounds great. All right. <laughs> sounds lovely. Uh, Ken in Nevada joining us. Hey, Ken, what's on your mind today? Hey, Dan, thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener, uh, 6'1", and a respectable 240. Hey, I drove cross-country tour buses for over 10 years, and this is not a, a, a this is just more of a, a common-sense phone call for Seton. Seton, pay attention to the weather every night. That'll tell you what's coming. If they say a small storm, consider it to be a large storm. Rule of thumb, stay south. Stay south. Get 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 south. Everything north can change on you in an instant, and uh, you don't want to take any unnecessary chances. So right. think south, and we'll keep your eye on that weather report. Well, thank you, Ken. Just, yes. Can I ask Kenjamin oh, oh, a oh, quick oh, question? Okay, yeah. yeah sure. um, how far sure. north is north? Is St. Louis north, or is... It, uh, is, it is north. Chicago, St. Louis, mm. uh... uh, uh North, South Dakota, uh, Montana, Idaho, Colorado, all north, baby. Go south. But, the, hey, the food is better in the south anyway, so you should be fine. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Ken. Yeah, there's a lot of advice, a lot of people offering suggestions. We'll let you know once we have the route down that he's going to take. And then you can offer up suggestions. You can follow along with him. And uh, Seton will be going with the French kid. They got seven days to get cross country. Yes. Yes. We've already got a lot of food suggestions. We're starting to get uh, towns with great amount of brewery suggestions. And you can go all day with that. All day. Yeah. And you have seniority over the French kid. So the French kid drives, you know, certain stops that you may have, you know, next day you may be banged up a little bit. Just say to the French kid, hey, Dan said you have to drive. Dan said you have to drive. Yeah. That's great. Yes. You have it on record there. Um, Joe in New York, then we'll take a break. Jay Glazer's going to join us coming up. Hi, Joe. Hey, Dan. How are you? Great, Joe. I, gotta, uh, I know. I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to do that. What's the, um, the patch above Billy Ripken say on the bottom line? The top says the oldest. I'm thinking it's the hardest. And we, you can do that later. But what I was really calling about is how come you've never mentioned, I know you love Neil Young. How come you've never mentioned David Crosby, Stephen Stills, or Graham Nash? Uh, in all these years, I mean, from Penn State, from Kent State, 
to Woodstock, to Chicago. They were there on all three of those things. Yeah, Dan. I just think that's big. It is, Joe. Um, I do mention one of my favorite songs was on this morning as I came in today. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes was on. And uh, every time it's on, I take a picture and I send it to my youngest daughter. That's her favorite song. So CSN, CSNY. I actually uh, did an interview with Graham Nash back in my rock and roll days. Wonderful gentleman there. Got to see CSN in concert. Did not see Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Big Neil Young fan. That's sweet, not S-W-E-E-T. Yes, it's, it's a, like a hotel suite. Yeah, hotel suite. People make that mistake. See, they tricked you a little bit. Yeah, sweet Judy Blue Eyes. It's about Judy Collins, who I think Stephen Stills was uh, going out with at the time. There. Did I make up for... Uh, how did I do? Did I come back? Mm-hmm. About time. Yeah, Joe. Take that. All right, we'll take a break. We'll talk to Jay Glazer. He'll join us next here on The Dan Patrick Show. And now a message from Discover about Real Rewards. If you're a loyal credit card customer, you should be rewarded for your loyalty, preferably with something you can actually use that you want. Well, something like Cashback Match. Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. So that's dollar for dollar, because when it comes to rewards, can't go wrong with cashback. Finally, rewards that make sense. Discover exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations, like Fritzy, apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Super wildcard weekend live on NBC and Peacock. Two great matchups Saturday at 3 Eastern. The Raiders against the Bengals. And then Sunday at 730, it'll be the Steelers clashing with the Chiefs. Before we get to Jay Glazer, here's Ben Roethlisberger talking about the matchup and that they have no chance of beating Kansas City. We haven't discussed it, but I think, you know, I would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the, out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. We're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. I mean, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one te- the number one team that's, I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years, arguably the best team in football. We don't have a chance, so let's just go in and play and have fun. All righty. I don't think anybody's buying that. Jay Glazer, Fox NFL insider. He has a new book, Unbreakable, How I Turned My Depression and Anxiety into Motivation, and you can too. Now available online wherever books are sold. Always great to uh, talk to Jay. Is Ben retired from, retiring from the Steelers or retiring from football? Do we know yet? Yeah, from football. Okay. You got me? Yeah, he's football. And, well, not only that, they were, I think they were a little surprised he came back this past year. So, But nobody has made any – he hasn't said anything about this. Why, no, why is he holding not, out? It's not the Steelers they know. Okay. Like, this is like it's not a – this wasn't a – no, this – they, they, like I said, they were surprised he came back this year. And then when he did, obviously they were lucky that he did. Um, but yeah, there was kind of like, oh, wow, he's coming back. All right. <laughs> Fantastic. Here we go. But no, yeah, he's, he's not, he's not going to leave the Steelers and go somewhere else. There was a report, I think, at Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, that, you know, would the Raiders explore trading for a coach? You know, they, you know, they did yeah. this with, with John. And I, I said the same thing on, on Fox. Okay. Where they were, they were, look, it's the Raiders, right? When you have 
Carlos Santana playing your halftime in a preseason game, that's a rock star place, right? So <laughs> they are uh, – I wouldn't be – look, I think Rich Passaccio should be the coach. Like, he's – it's incredible what he's done with all the stuff that they've had endure this season. But, yeah, they I think they're looking for a rock star to trade for a – it doesn't even happen. The trade from Mike Tomlin or Sean Payton or something along those lines, or explore Jim Harbaugh, somebody like that. You got all these big whales in Vegas, right? So you want to make sure you kind of have a whale. But hey, listen, the bottom line is you got to win. And Rich Passaccia turned this, took this team, did a way better job than John Gruden did, and steered them through an awful like man. He, people could say as much as they want that, oh, no, it's not a distraction. It's not a They have more distractions than any team I've ever seen. Yeah. Where does uh, John Gruden's lawsuit stand? Um, I, that I don't know. Is anything legal? I know I'm not smart enough to really. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Gruden? Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. but, but is this. Do you we're feel not boys. Like, I wouldn't say we're boys. Uh, no. Do you think I this is just a mind. settlement here eventually with Mark Davis? Again, that's the legal part. I don't I don't know. I'm not sure. The Jim Harbaugh situation, um, it feels like he's enjoying this considering where he was last year at this time. Where he always liked this. It's every year. Every year Jim Harbaugh's name is connected to NFL teams. He loves this. Absolutely. But I will tell you this. One thing I know is that he has talked to other coaches saying, hey, if I go back in the NFL, would you, you know, would you join me? Would you be interested in this? Yeah. So he is definitely um, preparing for the opportunity. But I'm going to say he likes, he does this kind of all every year. Like, he, I think he likes it. We had to take the pay cut. And then I, he may have taken Michigan as far as he could take them. I mean, they got blown out by Georgia. People forget that. They're like, yeah, but they beat Ohio State. I wonder if Harbaugh realizes you're never going to be better than Ohio State on a consistent basis. And, yeah, and then I think a lot of those guys also, they, they, um, there are a lot of coaches who are kind of like your, the way you could, like some of your, like I know when I get on my guys at Unbreakable, I get on them, right? I'm always telling these guys, no hands on your hips, neutral face. We don't ever show it. And I know it wears thin on them, right? It wears them out. Eventually, I'll oh, stop, enough. So I think a guy like Harbaugh also like, like Parcells was great with this. He was like, all right, my stuff lasts for three years. And then they just, that's it. And I moved to the next place. And I, I thought that's why college was great for Jim because he gets every, right? He <laughs> yeah. constantly has that. Yeah. Right? But in the league, I think he's great. Like, no doubt, a dude's a phenomenal coach. Like, there is no, you can't contest that whatsoever. And builds winning cultures. Cannot contest that whatsoever. But the smart thing is go somewhere for a few years and then move on and go somewhere else. Who's the hot coaching candidate in the NFL? So it's different this year than every other year because every other year people want um, the next Sean McVay. And before that, it was the next Sean Payton. And it's just not there this year. We don't have those hot offensive candidates and, you know, it's McVay coaching tree. So guys like Dan Quinn, a lot of the, a lot of the guys that have been around, like Dan Quinn, uh, is a hot name running around, and rightfully so, right? He's one, and and you want to talk about building a culture, 
Like, you can't wait to get to work every day with Dan Quinn. I'll, I'll tell you this. I would say 99% of coaches change when they get the head coaching job. And it's a very rare few that, you know, and they, and they have to change to a certain extent. DQ is the same exact dude when he's D-line coach for the 49ers that he is today. Dude has never changed. He's a, he's a, rare, he's a rare breed. If the Cowboys happen to lose this weekend, it's, is, is Mike McCarthy still firmly cemented as the head coach? I think he is. Yeah, I mean, it's – I would think. But I don't – with the Joneses, I don't know. But I would think so. Look, here's, here's the other. Cowboys are a different place. Ooh, that's like – this is why I say like Troy Aikman's the biggest gangster of all time because – and that's why Dak is such a gangster. <laughs> that position is like the, court, the, head, the, the, the head coach or quarterback of – and it's like Jimmy Johnson's like incredible. Those two positions are like the center fielder for the Yankees and the shortstop for the Red Sox and the center for the Lakers and the point guard for the Celtics all wrapped up in one. <laughs> the attention that you get, right, and all the outside noise that you have to deal with. And they get a guy there, Mike McCarthy, that's just got them to think football, football, football. I think he's done a phenomenal job. But obviously with them, the, the, their expectations are so incredibly high. How did the Giants become this much of an embarrassment? Oh, my God. Um, I don't think they know what they don't know. What they don't know. You know, even a guy like, look, I was, I said this weekend that Joe Judge, you know, had first it was like, you know, maybe 75% come back. Then my pre, our pregame show on Fox, I said 50%, 50-50. And by the time the OT came, I was like, it's down to 25%. <laughs> and man, there's just, I, I think some teams, look, culture is everything. Culture is everything. And you look at some of these teams over and over and over who lose, like Washington football team. It starts at the top. And you got to look at it and go, since Dan Snyder took over, they've never won. Well, maybe you got to look at the top down, right? Detroit has never won. It's, you know, Cleveland, the one year they won was the year that nobody else was allowed in the building. Only football. Right? Think about that. And then, like, I look what Sean Payton did down with the Saints. He went down there, and people were wearing bags on their heads, right? And, man, he went down and kind of taught the owner how to be a winning owner. And you go down to the Saints facility, man, the, the locker room feels like a W hotel. You know, they, the, the weight room is, like, more ridiculous than everything you've ever seen. They get this restaurant, Drago's, comes down and caters to them every Friday. Like, guys don't want to leave the facility. They're there. <clears throat> the Giants, their culture – they're waiting for the sky to fall all the time. They're just always waiting for the sky. And then, you know, uh, yeah, I, you know, here's the issue. Is they always hire from within, from who they know. Oh, let's bring in Dave Gettleman, right? Let's go get, oh, Joe Judge is part of Belichick, right? They, they everybody, you know, they want to Matt Rule because he was there for a year. Well, you have this culture where you're waiting for the sky to fall. You got to go outside and, and build a new culture in there. And you got to build a culture where, man, I cannot wait to get to work every day. And I don't want to leave the office. Talking to Jay Glazer, Fox NFL insider, his new book, Unbreakable, How I Turned My Depression Damn. and Anxiety. There it is. Look at that. And motivation. And you can, too.
Look at you. That, you got a, is that a Smedium that you got on, that, that shirt there? My Michael Strahan collection. I got to give him a little plug here. It's a triple XL, but thank you for noticing the <laughs> body, man. Uh, Are you body shaming me right now? Is that what you're doing? Are you body shaming me? No, I'm, I'm, I'm complimenting you. I'm envious. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you look swole today. Uh, I had a late night last night. What, uh, what led you to write the book? Um my the, the the gray that i live in i call it um and you know i've talked you know somewhat about this man i live in this it's um my depression and anxiety it's it's been since i was it's my earliest memory and it sucks it's a daily thing like every single day i wake up thinking my sky is falling and people think like oh man you're rich and famous like my wallet's not an antidepressant it doesn't work that way i have never known how to like love myself from the inside out. I don't know what that looks like. So I've always had to use, like go do bigger things on the outside to learn to get love. And you don't really have dudes who talk like this. And I did something a couple of years ago and I started talking about, and obviously our foundation MVP, you know, emerging vets and players, like I'm an open book there. I open up and I pull my skin back and I talk and I realize, man, like one of the things that helps me be of service, helps me get through the, ready to see the blues being of service and um this book is you know it, it's for all of us who live in the gray whether you have you know like i have whether it's clinical you want to call it clinical depression anxiety mental illness or or just you just go through hard times i wanted to be this voice for the gray for all of us and show us it's okay not to be okay it, you, we need to start talking about it and like man football players like they hurt their knee they go right to the doctor. But when our hearts hurting, they don't go to the doctor. And this is what we need to work on most. And as our the world has changed, when this thing came out right here, right, and now all of a sudden we're comparing ourselves to everybody else's filtered fraction of a second in life, and we think our lives suck all of a sudden. And we see so much hate online. We're not conditioned for that. So I, for me to see the blue, like when I say I wake up in the gray, it's every freaking day and it absolutely sucks. It's terrible. And I never know which version of me I'm going to get every day. And then when I lay my head on my pillow at night, those 15 minutes at night, the worst part of my day, because I'm laying down with someone that I don't know how to like or love. And I just think is a, a like not worthy of anything good. So I'm like, you know what, this is, this could help a lot of people. Um, and then recently, because I did the book, um, I started kind of journaling uh, on social media in real time um, how it looks, how living in the gray looks. And that has helped me cut through the gray a little bit and see the blue, see the reaction. And like, man, being like muscles, this, this, it, it is nothing like vulnerability is true strength. And if I could be vulnerable with the world and, and especially the dudes out there, not, but it's just, not just that at everybody, I think like we all deserve to be happy and not live in the gray and not let that monster win and keep that monster in the box. And it's a harder world to do that in nowadays. So that's why I wrote it. I think they, they came to me about it and I've always been like, no, 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 especially like this, but I pulled my skin back and in the book, I explain what living the gray looks like through a conversation that I had with Sean McVeigh, who, who didn't really understand it. 
and he, he let me redo the, the conversation and he's like wait so you like you wake up every day depressed i'm like yeah he's like why i'm like because i have depression he's like i know thanks like, <laughs> but i was like sean see how much better of a coach you'll be if you can understand the darkness that leads your players to put a helmet on and smash themselves into people over and over and over and over or for you and your coaches to work 20-hour days or for somebody like me who steps in a cage with a Randy Couture or Chuck Liddell and gets punched in my face, like, like we're, we're off. We got to be off to, to do what we do here. And, you know, I, I, I just thought it was a great way for me to be of service to people, man. And, um, and I'm proud. And the, the crazy stuff is my gray. Like I have 12 days to 25th is when it is launch date. And in my mind, my world's going to come crashing down in the next 12 days. Like, I'm trying to keep it together and not cry as I'm talking to you. It's that hard for me. Every day, every time something good happens, I feel so unworthy anything good ever happened to me. And, um, yeah, to have this come out, man, where I, if, I've already had people tell me that they were going to, um, from my posts, um, they were going to turn to suicide. And because of these posts, they've, uh, you know, I go, <laughs> they've decided to get help is, uh, Man, that's that's why I wrote the book. Well, I, I appreciate your friendship because yeah. you know I went through a dark time, and you reached out to me, and you just said you're here. You know, you were here for me. So, I'm right, dude. Never forget. I'm right. Yep. That's why, man. We got like, man. We need our teams and these bonds that we have, right? These brotherhoods. We can't do it alone. And uh, I I wanted to make sure that you knew you had a, a battle buddy who was walking this walk with you, dude. And you've always been there for me, man. So I, I had to be there for you. Thank you, Jay. I appreciate your time. Love you. Good luck I with the book. That. Thank you, man. That's Jay Thank Glazer. You. Unbreakable, how I turn my depression and anxiety into motivation, and you can too. Yeah, when I mentioned what I was going through, and I got through with that, got off the air, and the first person, uh, one of the first people I heard from was Jay. And he said, you want to talk, I'm here. I know what this is all about. And uh, we've had subsequent conversations. He and Dan Lebitard have uh, stayed with me in contact with me with that topic, uh, among other things. But, uh, you know, it's uh, you want to rely on some people. And uh, not that I don't have people to rely on, but when you get some people who are in the business with you and they reach out and they're just a person. Uh, so very appreciative of uh, those who did. We'll take a break. Last call for phone call. That, that did not go the way I thought it was going to go with Glazer, but um, yeah, appreciative of that. Yeah, Paul. And, and you got, you know, Jay and people see him on TV. He, you know, when you see him in person or work with him, he's got the most energy and most positive attitude of anyone yeah. in the room. So when you hear him talk about this or write the book, you're like him, him too, because if you ever see him on air, he's just like that off air. I worked with him at CBS and he was like, he ran the room. He was Mr. Energy, Mr. Let's go and seize the day. And when I heard about this, like even Jay. And sometimes you put on a front. Yeah. And I'm sure that's what Jay has to do, that you're paid to be this on TV. Um, then you get off TV and you might be somebody completely different. All right. We'll uh, take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app 
at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Russell Westbrook Jr. The third went two for 14 from the floor against Sacramento. And the uh, Sacramento Kings were trolling him. They uh, g- gave him the honor of ice cold player of the uh, game. And uh, they did that in the Jumbotron. Also, they played the uh, song by Foreigner, Cold as Ice, as well. For uh, mean Russell, spirited. yes, that is here is Russell Westbrook on being trolled. Did you hear what they played? They played like uh-uh. cold as ice when you got introduced and stuff. Ooh. The arena, yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Uh, um. They played that. I hope they played that the last fourteen years too. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny they play it now. That's cute. All right, <laughs> all right. I like that. It would have been nice if you had that response and you won the game, but you did go two for 14. If you look at his numbers, what's he averaging, 19, 19, 8, and 8? Yeah. And you go, wow, okay, those are decent numbers. But they aren't. That, that it's how he gets those numbers that would that, – that's what's concerning here. Yeah, Paul. I got to give Russ credit. He nailed it. It's been just over 14 years <laughs> since the Kings were in the playoffs. Off the top of his head, that's good research. Yeah, great. How about he researches how to shoot better? <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. Uh, wow. Russell, do you have any response to Dan Patrick saying you need to shoot better? <laughs> wow. I shouldn't be able to shoot better than Russell Westbrook. What if he said you guys are 0 for 4 shooting at the Emmy Awards? I'm, I'm fine with that. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm closer to making it than he is. My jumper? Mm-hmm. I'll shoot against him. Patrick calls out Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's where I have nothing to lose. He has everything to lose. You know, if some old man walks out on court and starts, uh, you know, striping jumpers, you know, he's the one that's going to look even worse. Uh, Kevin in Missouri. Hi, Kevin. What's on your mind today? Well, hey, I'll just uh, wanted to comment on the trip for Seton out to the West Coast from uh, Connecticut. And I'm a first-time caller, by the way, 5'8 and 175. Mm-hmm. So I'm an Iowa guy. I, I, Iowa's a great place, but not a great place to travel in the winter. So I live in Missouri now. So you really, if you look at Google, the most direct way from Connecticut is to come to Missouri, through St. Louis. You can stop and, you know, take a picture at the Arch, Gateway to the West, stop here in Springfield, Got the Bass Pro Shop, the Route 66. You got a Bass Pro Shop? Oh, there was a Bass Pro Shop. Seton, Seton, the only Bass Pro Shop in America. That's the one. In Springfield, Missouri. Let's go. Oh, my God, Kevin. You made it. All right. Now we made the decision. It's the flagship store, Dan. It's the flagship store. And then also, you know, also uh, Route 66 headquarters here in Springfield. And I used to live in Oklahoma. You could stop off and see the Blue Well in Katusa, and you're more you're further south. And okay, okay, it's, right. it's the most direct way. Thank you, thank you. Let me wait until Seton has his itinerary. Then we can let you know. 
I know that you're selling your places that Seton should stop through. I got to figure out the, the route that he's going to take. I like that people are arguing with each other. Or like they'll tweet at me. Somebody would say like, hey, go through St. Louis or whatever. And then you'll get the tweet. Be like, don't listen to that guy. <laughs> you the worst thing to do is go through St. Louis. You got to go further south or whatever. I do like, though, that Kevin was thinking of the cinematography of the trip where you could get the picture at the arch. Yeah. That was nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, when are you and the French kid figuring this itinerary out? Uh, likely the day before we leave. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Knowing the way that we operate, likely as we're on the road. Like, I don't know. You feel like going to uh, Chicago? Uh, no, nah, right. let's go yeah. to Indianapolis. Are yeah. you going to get squirrely and go, hey, you know what? Maybe. I, I just want to let the audience know what route you're taking, and there can be. You, tour stops along the way. I promise you that we will tell you that. However, I can tell you that so far the starting location has been about a dozen different places. Okay. Yes, Paul. I guarantee you the first uh, brewery that reaches out to seat and says, hey, we got free beer for you guys in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, We're going 400 miles out of our way. Lincoln it is. <laughs> uh, this day in sports history. Oh, there's Fritzy. Fritzy's back from his uh, poor internet connection. Yeah, they got a truck outside doing all kinds of cute stuff and screwing up the whole neighborhood's internet. Well, you're going to be doing this tomorrow because you can't come in the studio until probably next I week. Hope, I am hopeful whatever they're doing will be done. It was supposed to be done earlier this morning, but they're running late. All right. That's why there was intermittent connection there. This day in sports history, Paul. 1990, 1999, Michael Jordan of the Bulls announced his retirement from the NBA. That's it. That's it? Well, there's a bunch more. Okay. Prop 48 didn't work out so well in 1986. Uh, Randy Moss got fined ten grand for pretending to pull his pants down, not actually pulling his pants down. I know. That was always silly. And Joe Buck made it worse. Joe's call was wrong. He made it seem like, oh, my God, he's pulling down his pants. He just gave you the impression that he was. Uh, Fritzy, what did you learn on today's award-nominated program? We wouldn't care so much about some of the so-called stars in the Cowboys' offense if they were on a team like Carolina. All right. See, no Connor. Andrew Kramer loves Todd's impression. Yes. Paulie, what'd you learn? Thank you, Seton. <laughs> More bit right up there, Fritzy. What we learned brought to you by First in Class Technology, leader in innovation, intelligence not yet seen from an SUV, the 2021 Mercedes-Benz GLE. Learn more, mbusa.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show.